The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at RomansChapter5 at Comcast.net. Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. No Compromise is an experimental new feature on the Christian Atheist. If you are a regular listener, you know my voice, and you know our story, or as much of it as we've told on The Christian Atheist. My wife Jenny was the looking glass through which I returned to Christ. I tell the story in episodes 2 through 8, The Machinery of the Looking Glass. I am so excited today to introduce to you my Jenny, my looking glass. Qu'ils sont beaux, les pieds. On No Compromise, we will discuss Christian atheist themes with each other and, if you'll join us, with you. Hello, everyone. (laughs) The hot topic this week is, of course, the Dobbs decision, the overturning of Roe versus Wade after 50 years. We took it upon ourselves to read the decision on the Christian atheist for our listeners, and we posted it on YouTube. We're hoping that you will help us spread the word. Hashtag read the decision. There is a great deal of accidental and deliberate misinformation and ignorance surrounding this decision and this topic. On our podcast, Reading of Justice Alito's Text, we make no editorial comments. We want everyone, atheists and Christians, left and right, male and female, to read the decision with us. At least then we can base our discussions in reality and fact, not on hearsay and ideological distortion. In the interest of clarity and fairness, we will also be posting the dissenting opinion in the near future, all of which does not mean we are neutral on the topic. When I came to Justice Alito's final paragraph as we were recording, quote, We end this opinion where we began. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. The judgment of the Fifth Circuit is reversed, and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. As I read the concluding words, It is so ordered. My heart soared. If you remember, Jenny, our arms rose together in triumph and exultation in spontaneous mutual praise. When you listen to that moment, listeners, picture Jenny and I with our arms up, beaming in profound thanksgiving to God. Not sure if uh, it was completely, (laughs) completely (laughs) that. It could have been a whole weekend of 80 plus pages of recording. (laughs) I'm sure that was part of it. It was a marathon run, that's for sure, getting it read. (laughs) Exactly. 
tiresome. <laughs> and you're reading it twice. Yes, I'm glad it's done. Reading it and then editing it as well. <laughs> it was quite a quite a run. <laughs> we gave up most of our weekend in order to get it done. Exactly. So what do you want to talk about, love? Okay, well, how about you start with hashtag read the decision? What's that all about? Well, I think we're both deeply concerned that there's an awful lot of misinformation and disinformation, um, deliberate and, uh, as I said up above, um, some, <laughs> some perhaps is just basic ignorance. Mm -hmm. But I think there's an awful lot of malicious intent as well mm -hmm. in misrepresenting what is in the actual decision. Alito makes it clear that they are overturning Roe versus Wade. And it was Roe that took federal authority over an issue that the Constitution clearly reserved to the states. It was an anti-democratic power grab. Mm -hmm. it's, not the United, it's not the federal government's role to decide these questions on abortion. It's supposed to be the people's right. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it should go back to the states. It always should have been with the states, as there is nothing in the federal Constitution that would allow the federal government to regulate that. Right. Um, and this has been an ongoing problem in, in our country. We've allowed the federal government to have way too much power, and uh, trimming that back is a, is a good start. So I think um, the idea with hashtag read the decision is just a, a way to try to get to a point where we can discuss this rationally, um, and everybody knows what it is they're talking about, and it's not just a, a tissue of lies and ignorance. So hopefully everyone will pay attention and um, and listen to the actual decision being read. Or read it themselves. Or read it themselves, right. And we would before, love to have them do that. Before um, making statements on social media. <laughs> before making statements in social media or trying to... Or in um, concerts. <laughs> in concerts, yes. Stupid, stupid rock stars who have no clue what it is they're actually talking about. Mm -hmm. Or uh, politicians or presidents. Right. As well, it took you three days straight to read the decision, the three days just the straight. concurring part. Yep, and there, and I don't know how anybody's making comments about it immediately as soon as it it came out. Exactly, and it also contains the dissent, the dissenting opinion of the three judges, Kagan, Sotomayor, Sotomayor, and and, and Breyer, and um, we want to read that as well. Um, forgive us for not getting to that yet. Um, <laughs> We'd like to spend a little time together. Yeah, we'd like to spend a little time together. Um, and there's also other work to do besides exactly. re reading this decision. Um, but yeah, so that's what uh, hashtag read the decision is about. Hopefully, if everyone gets together and spreads the word, we can get the, the truth out there. And then we can actually have a conversation based on the reality of the decision and not based on distortions, lies, and ideological attempts to undermine the Supreme Court. Right. And we started the hashtag on on social media too. Yeah, hopefully um so if go to that ha if you put that hashtag into Google, it comes up with the the Christian atheist. Right. And then you can spread that to your friends right. and everyone else. And uh, we realize part of the reason I we we did this is we realize most people don't have time to sit down and read the decision. But um, a lot of times as you're driving to work or doing something else, you can put it on. Mm -hmm. And so there's no excuse. 
anymore right. for not knowing what it actually says. There's nothing like <laughs> sitting on the beach and listening to the Supreme Court decision <laughs> read by the Christian atheist, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be on your idea of a great vacation? On your vacation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you read the majority opinion. Yep. You have not read the dissenting opinion yet. Not yet. But Justice Alito addressed the dissenting opinion. So, okay, let's begin with talking about stare decisis, because the dissenting opinion relied on stare decisis. Yep. Stare decisis. What, yeah, define that for us. Deals with the whole idea of precedent. Stare decisis is the Latin term for let the decision stand. And so it deals with precedent of courts when you've made a decision before to generally align decisions that come afterwards with the previous decisions. Um, and so the the whole idea of stare decisis is sort of a, um, a conservative view of how the law should proceed. If you've made a previous decision, then decisions that follow should take good note of that and follow that precedent in future decisions. Um, so stare decisis in application to Roe as precedent is what the three justices in the dissent are relying on. Roe was decided in 1973 and, in a sense, reaffirmed with Casey in 1992. Um, the idea is that since this is established law, and if those of you who remember the congressional hearings for uh, conservative Supreme Court nominees, particularly Brett Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. you remember the horror shows that they became. And um, the left constantly grills the, um, the nominees on whether or not they will go along with Roe. That's kind of like the, the standard. Right. It's the standard that they the use judges. for judges. It's, it's when, whenever the left has someone before them, that's the, the sort of almost the deciding factor. Will you accept Roe? Well, stare decisis as a, a role in law is actually a, a process by which law sort of stands on tradition. But if you understand the modern left, they hate anything that stands on tradition. They want to undermine everything that stands um, for, for traditional values. And so the whole idea that, this, that, that they are standing on stare decisis it's it's clear that they are doing what they always do, and their end, preserving Roe, justifies any and every means to achieve it. It works for now, for right. the moment. It works for the moment. So and if it'll preserve Roe, then stare decisis, stare decisis. Right. But if it's going to undermine something that they're standing for, suddenly they could care less about stare decisis. Right. Um, so it's rather maddening that... Um, um, they they scream sorry story decisis now when Roe is at stake, but any other time they could care less about tradition. In fact, their whole process is to undermine tradition, like and the right to bear arms, <laughs> the right to bear arms. Yeah, this is a point that you brought up to me like last week. It seems as though the one constitutional, constitutional right, right guaranteed clearly uh, in the Second Amendment is the right to keep and bear arms and yet they and it says it shall not be infringed and yet and they it's continually as if it's not there it's not there it's like that's not even a right that we should take any cognizance of 
Um, but yet the, the right that there's, doesn't exist in the Constitution, to the right abortion. to an abortion, and they want us to bow, bend over backwards to make sure that we respect the precedent. And that's what the issue is. It's not taking away the right to abortion. It's, it's that the right is not there. It's not there. It was a right created by judicial fiat by Roe. And the judges, their job is to uphold the Constitution. Right. And and if you look at the Constitution and you can't find this particular right in it, right. then where does it come from? It came from a decision in, in Roe versus Wade. They created it out of whole cloth. And, and then they want to tell us because they did so in this rather dubious Supreme Court decision, <laughs> we're supposed to respect it now. Right. But the whole idea of being able to revisit things at the at the level of the Supreme Court is to question whether or not the law actually is constitutional. Right. So, and that's what I think Americans are messed up on. Right. I think so too. <laughs> they don't they, understand. They they constantly screaming, "Oh, you're taking away a right." Well, no, we cre they created a right out of whole cloth, and now they're saying, wait a second, that right was never included in the Constitution. It should go back to the states, and the states should decide. And in the state level, it's the people right. making it's the decision. Restoring democracy to the people. Another thing that the left always likes to scream about, like the, the December- January 6th. <laughs> January 6th. January 6th riots. <laughs> <laughs> they always scream about taking away- um, taking away democracy, right? It was an assault on democracy. Well, a true assault on democracy was Roe versus Wade, mm -hmm. taking away from the states the right to determine for themselves their opinions, their views, the right of the people to determine how to regulate regu abortion in their state instead of taking it to the federal level. Um, and it's not a bunch of white old men making the decision right. <laughs> over women's bodies. They're, these people are saying it's the people's right it's to choose. Right. So it goes back to the state. So it belong, the right belongs to the people to choose. Right. And, the, the and so it's pro-choice. It's the, giving the people the right to choose. Yeah. The essential, the essential um, essence <laughs> of this decision is turning things back to the states right. and letting the people choose. Um, and that's not, the message that's not getting across. Never getting across. No. In fact, it's suppressed <clears throat> everywhere we turn. Right. And that's the message the Christian atheists would like to get across. <laughs> that's why we're Maybe doing these. Maybe the Christian atheist needs to do some civics lessons. <laughs> civics lessons on the, the, um, the separation of the branches of government and what each one, each one does and the difference between federal and state government. Okay, readers or listeners, now you you hear what goes on behind the scenes as the Christian atheist week by week tries to prepare and realizes that uh, he can't actually get anything done properly because his wife has better ideas than he does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so you we, we started saying that, well, you defined stare decisis for us. And we were saying that Justice Alito had had addressed the dissenting opinion, and so um, um, one of my but, favorite quotes in the text of Alito's decision is found on page thirty-seven to thirty-eight. Um, I I'll, I'll read a section of it. The most striking feature of the dissent is the absence 
of any serious discussion of the of the legitimacy of the state's interest in protecting fetal life. This is evident in the analogy that the dissent draws between the abortion right and the rights recognized in Griswold, contraception, Eisenstadt, same, Lawrence, sexual conduct with member of the same sex, and Obergefell, same-sex marriage. Perhaps, Alito says, this is designed to stoke unfounded fear that our decision will imperil those other rights. But the dissent's analogy is objectionable for a more important reason. And please, please listen to this, listeners. What it reveals about the dissent's views on the protection of what Roe called potential life. The exercise of the rights at issue in Griswold, Eisenstadt, Lawrence, and Obergefell does not destroy a potential life, but an abortion has that effect. So if the rights at issue in those cases are fundamentally the same as the right recognized in Roe and Casey, the implication is clear. The Constitution does not permit the state to regard the destruction of a potential life as a matter of any significance. That view is evident throughout the dissent. I think it is extremely easy to overlook how important this point is in Alito's opinion. So it's very clear that Justice Alito, I mean, he he completely focuses on the fact that this has nothing to do with same-sex marriage, um, you know, all of the other things, all of the other arguments that they're trying to... Right. He separates yeah. it out very clearly. He says this decision is not about those things. And by reading this for yourself, you are empowering yourself to fight those arguments. Right. To, not, to understand what Alito actually says, he actually those, later in- I'm sorry, those arguments that are being, are being put out in, by media and by the culture right now. Yeah. Alito makes it very clear that this, and later in there, we could actually read that section at mm-hmm. some point, but he actually says, look, this has nothing to do with those decisions. Right. It doesn't affect them because it's an entirely different issue. Abortion, Alito says- is about the destruction of a potential life, as Roe put it. But what he finds most striking about the dissent is that it never even addresses mm-hmm. that as a consideration. Right. It talks about balancing interests, but balancing it against what? Because the only consideration that they ever talk about is the life of the mother, the Financial consider the financial um, constraints of the mother. They never ever even address potential life. Right. That has been swept under the rug. It's not even something they're considering or allow us to consider anymore. And you can see how the whole thing has changed from the time of Roe versus Wade. We talk about in logic, and sorry, I'm always a philosophy professor at some level. We talk about the slippery slope arguments. But that's exactly what has happened with Roe. Because with Roe, the whole idea was to start. You can regulate a, abortion after that first trimester, but only afterwards. 
The first trimester is sacrosanct. Women can make a decision based in that first trimester. But we've seen how it's progressed from there. And now we're almost to the point where they're actually claiming that you can kill the baby after it's born. So the whole thing has slid. The whole idea of the Overton window is that you first look at the issue through the lens that you have in front of you at the time of Roe. And then 10 years later, you're a little farther down the thing. Okay, so now we can kill the baby at, um, the, in the second trimester. And now we're in the third trimester. And the goalpost keeps moving time after time after time. And the left does this, and it's not an accident. Mm -hmm. I have studied this my entire academic life, and I've come to understand that the long march through the institutions is not an accident. They've set out this as a process to accomplish, mm -hmm. and they keep moving the goalpost farther and farther. And like the frog in the water, as it starts to boil, it keeps getting warmer and warmer, and the American people sit in it year after year after year, and we keep getting hotter and hotter, and the water is now boiling in 2022, and we're starting to come to the realization that something is seriously wrong, but I I'm afraid it's too late. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll ever turn this back. Mm -hmm. This, this actually, this decision is the one hopeful moment that I've had in the last 10 years of my life that we might be able to turn things around. And it needs to be read or listened to. I mean, you read it. Um, it needs to be listened to. It needs to be understood and not just accepted by whatever you hear in the media. Yeah, we need to understand it. If mm -hmm. we're going to actually be able to move forward and start turning back the clock on the evil. And I'm sorry, I'm going to call it that from now forward. It is evil, folks. Mm -hmm. We have we have turned light into dark and good into evil in this country. We have sacrificed our children to Moloch. Mm -hmm. And it's time to turn back to God and away from this evil. Mm -hmm. So, Well, let's get back to um, the dissenting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're a frog <laughs> boiling in some water. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, let's get back to we were saying about um, understanding the opinion and the stress that Alito put on that this has nothing to do with same-sex marriage, for example. And then you hear in the media everybody shouting out, well, what about Clarence Thomas? Yeah, well, and, and Thomas actually makes the point in his concurring opinion that um, this is part of a long distortion of the 14th Amendment right? because um, it, it, he calls it substantive due process. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the idea is that in the, in the clause, the 14th Amendment clause, no one shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Um, and, and that's where they supposedly found or they're, where they're grounding this right to abortion. But Thomas's point is that due process of law is process, and it says absolutely nothing about positive rights exactly. in the 14th Amendment. Um, and, and so on that basis, Thomas is saying maybe we need to look at some of our other jurisprudence. And that's... That's, Going all the way back to the 1800s, he's saying. Right. That's the key. Maybe we need to look at it. Right. But at the same time, Thomas acknowledges that all of these precedents have been established now, and that abortion 
is an entirely different issue from those other issues because abortion deals with potential life. Right. And when the, the left collapses the abortion issue into those other issues, we're essentially, they're essentially claiming that there is no, there is no validity. There is no actual interest in potential life. Right. Right. They're just denying the whole question. Right. There's nothing to balance against a mother's interests. A mother's interests after she's gotten pregnant are the only interests we consider. Right. There are no fetal interests. Right. And uh, Justice Thomas is trying to say we need to put it back into the hands of the people. Mm -hmm. And that means putting it back, giving it back to the states to decide. Right. Nobody is saying they want to take any rights away, Mm -mm. just that it's up to the people who vote. No, in fact, it is completely open, like, and we can actually envision seeing it in California, that they would have abortion right up through. You know the the very last trimester, the day before a child would be born. Right. Um, and I can actually almost imagine that California would do that tomorrow. Right. And they have the right to do it. Right. Though we retain the right to challenge those laws, too. And now perhaps we can consider potential life as a viable interest to balance against the feminist agenda. They have the right to pass their own laws. But we now have the right to challenge California's anti-life agenda. Right. Exactly. Um, Okay. So within all of this, all you keep hearing from the media is the assault on our democracy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's enough to make you go insane. It does make me go insane, Mm -hmm. especially when we don't have a democracy we yeah of course we we are a republic not a democracy (laughs) right not a direct democracy um but in any case um a republic is a form of democracy and Mm -hmm. this law this i mean this this new decision is actually a restoration of the democratic process not a taking away why is it a restoration because it's giving the rights back to to the the people people and to their elected representatives through their states. Right. Not through what um, Alito properly quotes Justice White as saying at the time of, of, of Roe, um, the raw exercise of judicial power. That is nine white men. Actually, at that time, it would have been nine mm-hmm. or eight white men and one black man yeah. um, because um, Thurgood. Justice Thurgood Marshall was in. Um, and they decided um for the for the country they just by judicial fiat decided that this question was over mm-hmm. that those who believed in fetal life being human life were wrong right and they had no longer and anything to say about it took took that right away from them took it away from them exactly. took it away from the states took right. it away from the people and by taking it away from the states they destroyed democracy. <laughs> <laughs> By taking it away from the states, they took it away from the people. And right. that's what we need to stress over and over again. Right. That this whole decision is putting it back into the hands of, of the, the people, people. to yep. decide. Yep. And that's what's that message is not getting across, I don't think. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And and the violent riot at the Arizona State House. Um, I don't hear calls from uh, the left or the media that um, democracy has been um, uh, assaulted. And 
that there is a new capital insurrection to investigate. Okay, so we were saying that um, the media calls it an assault on our democracy. Um, and you said that Roe was judicial fiat. The original Roe decision was right. judicial fiat. Clearly. I mean, there's no other way to read it. And Alito said that it short-circuited the democratic process. Short-circuited the democratic process. And that's, that's a direct quote from the um, majority opinion, yes. And you believe it's far from a power grab, the decision? This decision. Oh, this decision. Yeah, yeah. the Dobbs decision is no power right. grab. Right. It is, in fact, a, a, a giving up of power, a giving back of power. It's, in my mind, it's analogous to George Washington right. at mm -hmm. the end of his um, second term saying, I will not serve. Um, you know, I will not be your king. I know that you may very well want me to be such, but I, I give the power back and I ask that you, you know, elect another president right. in my place. So the Supreme Court basically said, we give the power back to the people. To the people, we yep. don't want to rule from the from the bench. From the bench, right. we want to give the power back. Yeah, this to is the, the clearest. This that is, is the, the most important thing we need to get across. Absolutely, this is the clearest. That's not um, uh, the Roe versus Wade was one of the most powerful um, examples of ruling from the bench or of legislating from the bench. Uh, of anything in in American jurisprudence, right? So Roe was actually the assault on democracy. Yes, for and, sure. And this is and the, this is turning democracy back to the people. Exactly. Nobody seems to recognize that, especially on the left. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, in studying Roe versus Wade that you've been studying, you found that um, there was a lot of the ends justify the means wrapped up in that. That's yeah. a whole other episode. Yeah, <laughs> That's if, a whole other episode. If, if my readers or my listeners remember all of the things that we've talked about with Hegel um, and the other um, uh, um, cultural issues I've tried to raise, um, the whole ends justify the means ethics is, uh, is clearly at play here in the Roe versus Wade um, decision. And in everything since then, because whatever serves their purposes, um, whatever means they need to get to the end that they find, they will undertake it. And we see that at play here pretty clearly in the media today. Um, they don't care about lies. They don't care about distortions. They will say whatever they need to um, in, in order to promote their agenda. And so how do we counter that? We read the decision. They read the decision. We Hashtag tell the truth. Read the decision. Hashtag read the decision. Right. And that's why you read the decision. Exactly. I want people to know, left and right, let's ground this in the facts mm -hmm. and talk about what is really the case and stop the lies. Right. Stop the distortions and get back to the truth. Right. And if you're like me, where you start reading and then you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> then the Christian atheist can read it for you. Exactly. <laughs> so you can be doing what you have to do. Do your dishes and listen to the decision. That's Cook right. your dinner. And educate yourself exactly. on what the reality of the situation is, what Justice Alito's opinion states, and what the decision actually declares for the country. Because it is almost clearly the opposite of what the media is portraying it to be. Okay, so do you want to um you want to quote Clarence Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas? Oh. Um would you like to would you like to give us his quote? We can end with a quote from Clarence Thomas that I put down here. He says, 
that the la- that okay. <laughs> Tom- Thomas says that 50 years have passed since Roe, and abortion advocates still cannot coherently articulate the right or rights at stake proves the obvious. The right to abortion is a policy goal that is an end in desperate search of a constitutional justification, a means. That is, abortion was an end that they wanted to achieve, and whatever means they needed to to achieve it were justified. And what you what what you're saying there can be backed up if you read about Roe versus Wade, the yeah. history of Roe versus Wade. Read the history of yeah, Roe versus that, Wade, and you will see exactly the exactly what was said there. Do you have the Thurgood Marshall quote? Sure. Go ahead. Thurgood Marshall, one of the deciding judges, um, actually said this. You do what you think is right and let the law catch up. In other words, you substitute your own moral judgments and then let the law catch up to you. And that's precisely the argument that the dissent is making. Look, we created this right of abortion. And now the rest of you people need to catch up with us and respect the precedent. But the precedent isn't in the Constitution. It was never in the Constitution. They disrespect the tradition, and then they say, respect the tradition. That's stare decisis. So they, they, they utterly disrespect the actual Constitution, and then they expect us to respect the tradition that upholds their disrespect of the Constitution. It, it is a vicious circle, and it is what the left always does. And the ends justify the means. And if the Constitution is the heart of our country? Then we are beginning to have self-induced heart attacks. Mm-hmm. And we had best get our heart back in condition. And, that, and this, this Dobbs decision is one that. step in the right direction of heart health. Exactly. Okay. Well, that was, the, um, that was a good discussion. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> and now we're on to the dissent. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and remember... You can have your religious cake and eat it, too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.